0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shred Takes podcast show partnered with the Amherst Student. I'm joined with sophomore uh, track athletes, Eve Giancarlo and Ava Zelinsky. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really glad you guys are able to join the pod. Thanks for having us.
1: We're stoked.
0: So uh, the first question I want to get into is, you know, you guys have been in Amherst for two years, but I, obviously being a little bit newer than I am to Amherst, what drove you guys to come to Amherst? What were the kind of deciding factors?
2: I'll start. So I feel like we had a very not typical recruiting process because it was all going on during COVID. So i had seen Amherst a few years prior, just driving through with my family, looking at schools, thought it was a beautiful place, but I could not visit the coach room in, I could not visit the school, the team. So everything was virtual. So lots of phone calls, lots of video chats with the team, lots of FaceTimes. And I could just tell that the energy of the team, out of all the schools I was looking at, Everyone seemed the most happy, genuine, loved the tr- could tell they loved the track team and the academics, and that has stayed true. And Coach Rubin, you know, he was very honest, nice, you could tell genuine, passionate, had a lot of goals during the recruiting process. So, yeah, I just thought it was the best fit, and now that I'm here, I really do think it was the best fit for me.
1: Um, for myself, I actually had what was considered not to be a typical recruiting experience compared to everyone else in the class of 2025. Um, and that was mainly because most people hadn't seen the school, and I actually had. Um, I took a tour my sophomore spring with my mom um, because this was a place I was considering possibly going to and trying to get recruited for in athletics. And from the start in high school, I knew that I wanted to be a student athlete. Um, not sure at the time what sport I wanted to do or what school I wanted to go to, Um, But this place did immediately stand out, um, and I was immediately nervous right off the bat that it was going to be too small. And coming from a really small high school um, and going through, like, the trials and tribulations of being from a small town where everyone knows everyone, I was very nervous um, to be trying to, you know – enter into a similar environment. Um, But my parents kept telling me, don't worry, just keep thinking about it. It's okay. Like, keep it in the back of your mind. Um, And what really stood out to me was also the coach for myself. Um, I was specifically recruited by Coach Cassie. um, And... The first thing that stood out to me is that I had never been uh, privileged enough to have the experience of being mentored by a female coach. And that was amazing to me because she seemed both so tough and caring, but also very nurturing and somebody who would really want to assist you um, throughout your college experience. So that immediately stood out to me and we connected super well. Um, And in addition to that, just the people that I spoke to who were already on the team seemed so much on my level they were very similar to me we had similar energies similar passions and I really felt that I could really fit in in a place like this and the people absolutely drew me here
0: yeah I think that ties into my next question or point which is obviously the impact of Amherst track I kind of want to get your guys opinions on that or just kind of your viewpoint because obviously for me as a basketball player, like the impact of teams is always going to be different because it's just a different experience, you know, larger team and track, obviously, like obviously my impact, like i become kind of your close knit group. Right. So I kind of want to get your guys takes on, you know, the impact of track, not just from the coaches perspective, because obviously the coaches that you guys just highlight have meant so much, but just kind of the teammates that you've been around and what being a part of the Amherst track kind of means to you. Because, again, it's a very big team, very different, a lot of different events.
1: Do you want 1st first? Yeah, I can go first. We'll yeah, go back to can go first. Um, being a part of the Amherst track team, because it's such a large team, you have to really be able to find your footing. And right off the bat, track itself, because it's both an individual and a team sport at once, you really have to be super self-motivated. Um, everything's on you. The accountability's on you because not all the coaches can keep track of you. Um, all at the same time, unlike in basketball where you only have X number of players, you get a lot of personalized attention. Um, So that was number one for me. You have to have a lot of mental toughness and you have to be super, super self-motivated if you're going to try to progress as an athlete. And on top of that, because there's such a large team, it's easy to feel like you might be getting lost in the mix. And it's really important to try to foster connections around you with people, you know, you immediately have commonalities with. Um, the people that are, you know, within your event group, you can try to connect with, especially when you're at meets and stuff like that. But then beyond that, I think it's important um, to establish that you don't necessarily just have to be friends with people in your event group and you don't necessarily just have to be f- friends with people on your team. And being able to you know, have the courage to try to get to know tons of people. Um, the experience with Amherst Track is that no person is the same and no meal with the team is the same. Um, there's just so many different people with different passions. And to continue to get to learn um, about new people and listen to their experiences um, as my time in college goes on um, is really exciting
2: yeah like the amherst track team it's just so being so large and diverse and so many people from different backgrounds and hometowns and experiences it's just you meet it's like a whole new community without in the amherst community and it resembles similar to the amherst community where people have their own interests and backgrounds and like beliefs and but everyone's so friendly and welcoming and you know, you walk around campus, you see someone on the track team, they say hello. You can see them in your classes. You can reach out to them for academic advice, athletic advice. And even though it is an individual sport and you have to stay motivated and grind on, like self-motivate yourself to grind, you have your team around you to support you and make you and feel good when you have a great day. And they'll support you when it's not your best day. It's just like no one is everyone knows you're trying your best and working hard and they love you for it.
0: So you guys kind of touched on, because at least how I understand track is obviously you have your individual events, right? So that can become very individually motivated in terms of like, it's kind of you against you, but how do you guys kind of balance the, the idea of being competitive in that individual realm while also understanding that it is for the benefit of the team? Because at least from a basketball perspective, yes, you have the individual stuff, but it, but it's kind of more, easily accessible to the collective just because the team is smaller and you have five players on the court at all the time. You're not doing one event with just by yourself. So can I talk about that a little bit? Because I think that's kind of an interesting distinction, how you have to kind of balance both in that situation. So talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, for me, it's like, you know, I focus on my individual at a meet and I try and score points, I vault the highest that I can to score the most points and get the best place. And I know those points are going to go towards the team in the end. And You know, there's some means at the beginning of the season where the team score doesn't really matter as much, but as the season progresses, it's a competition and we wanna be the best in New England, we wanna be the best in NASCAR, we wanna like place at nationals. I mean, it's you put your work and effort into your individual goal, and your individual goal will help add to the team points in the end. And you know, if you feel like you had a good day, you feel like you're really contributing to the team. So you feel like you had a accomplish a greater goal outside yourself, which is really satisfying. And it really feels nice to be able to like, ha- yes, have your own personal goals and check those boxes off those new milestones. But when you know you're contributing to a big team and a greater good, like it's nothing can match that feeling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and on top of that, I think it's important to note. We score all of our meets, but it only really matters those scores once we get to championship season, when we're looking to, you know, get a title, get a place, those things like that. And honestly, um, to be able to combine individual motivation with, you know, trying to do your best for the team is honestly a really great mindset when you get into championship season, especially because you can put so much pressure on yourself to be able to do well in in some super big meet situations. And to know that on top of that, you know what, I'm going to cast aside my own individual doubts and I'm going to go for this and I'm going to try to get these points for the team. I'm doing my best for the team. It kind of alleviates that personal pressure um, because track is such an intensely mental sport. Um, And so that's kind of the mindset I always like to take, especially when approaching um, meets and also within relays itself, you know, if, especially if there's, if you're feeling a little apprehensive before a race to know that you're not necessarily performing just for your own leg, but you're performing. So that everybody else around you on your relay, those other three people can do the best that they can and put them in the best spot possible. Um, It really allows you to feel like you're a part of something bigger.
0: So obviously you guys were able to experience success last year, you know, being a part of just kind of like the New England Championships is a really cool thing to be a part of. Obviously, uh, talking to the seniors that I know and the upperclassmen on track, they've always harped on that, you know, being a big goal. Right. And obviously as first years, that's a really cool thing to experience. Building off of that, though, what have you what do you guys learn from last year that you can say going into the winter training sessions meets in the winter? And then especially obviously in the outdoor, what you guys can kind of build off of that success from a year ago?
2: I'd say um, something that can help us build as a team even more and get those higher places, even, score even higher at NASCAC and even higher at New England, just build off for our performance from last year is realizing, like figuring out like your kinks and mistakes at the beginning of the season and working those out and like figuring out what the problem is. in your like, for me, like, what's wrong with my fault? Why am I not getting into the pin enough? Why am I shooting off the pull lot? Like figuring out those mistakes earlier so you can peak at the right time and continuing with the lifts and continuing with the workouts and just so we peak, all peak at the prime time, and when the whole team is doing that, working out their mistakes early on, you know we're going to be able to peak, peak all at the same time, and that just was gonna will get us the highest place possible in the championship, which I think is the thing. Now that I kind of knew last year, but now I really know after like a year of doing track.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a team, I think it's important for us to all be excited about these championships and to recognize the importance of it. Um, not only what it means for us individually as a team, but also how it means when we're representing the school and we're representing Amherst. Um, and I mean, last year we placed third, which was fantastic, but we're, we're shooting for even better now. Um personally um i learned a very hard lesson i was super super excited like super eager to be starting my season out um last year as a freshman and i trained really hard in the summer before my freshman year and in the fall i trained really hard as well and i was just so excited to be able to like compete and be in season and be with the team and so the winter season went super super great for myself um felt very proud um was a part of an amazing relay that did super well in new england um And then in the spring season, spring is considered more or less to be the time where you taper for your workouts and you are going to be consistently trying to PR um, or just run better, whereas in the winter, your workouts are generally harder. Um, So you're constantly trying to build your base. Um, and so that I peaked at the wrong time, essentially, and I peaked a little bit too early. So for the rest of the spring, I was kind of struggling because my body was starting to wear down on me because I had trained so hard for so long and I needed to give myself a little bit of a rest. Um, so this year has been really big for me this past summer and going into this fall and easing into this fall with the training cycles, um, trying to give myself grace and tell myself, um to not be so trigger happy, um, and not be, and not be so excited to, you know, go out there and, um, kill it because this isn't the time to do so. This is the time to build the base and then we go to work later. Um, so that's been a big lesson for myself.
0: So I guess like with that, I just kind of want to ask a follow-up, uh, Ava, if I may, um, just what exercise, like what, how do you approach exercise? Like what kind of exercise do you do differently? I mean, cause obviously, I know as a distance runner, you have to run a X amount of miles during a week. I mean, I uh, remember talking to some people who graduated from here who ran distance. So I mean, obviously what is easing into it then? Because I mean, obviously that that's not a, uh, that's a good right? So um, can we get your thoughts on that?
1: Sure. Um- So, I mean, at my end of your uh, meeting with my coaches um, this past May, um, they were they told me to calm down a bit this summer, Um, rightfully so, because I the previous summer I was running um, I was working up mileage. I'm like the lowest end of mileage for distance. Um, Personally, can't handle it. Um, And it's not totally necessary for my event group. Um, But I was working up to 30 miles a week and I would be doing runs and stuff like that. But I was crushing the runs probably at like 730 pace. Um, so sometimes I would be like doing like seven miles like that, which was nuts. Um, this summer I eased up to 30 miles a week and I kind of, um fluctuated depending on how I was feeling week to week. So I was a lot I was trying to be a lot more intuitive with how I felt Um, and I dialed it down a little bit So I was going 8 to 8 30 at this point and was trying to really like enjoy and listen to my body and enjoy the runs Um, and kind of just like staying on that track of being in shape Um, because it's not about being in shape in the summer. It's about, you know continuing continuing your running journey And you know having that feeling again and wanting to still be in it this fall um honestly has just been the similar thing. I've been trying to be a lot more intuitive um, with workout reps and stuff like that. If I know my body can't handle it, this isn't the time to push yourself beyond your limits. This is the time for you to be able to feel confident in yourself when you're going into a season. This isn't the time where you got to break yourself down and build yourself back up again. So that's kind of the approach I've been taking.
0: So uh, I'm going to ask the follow up to you. So what, obviously in the summer, um, what was your approach to pole vaulting, right? Because pole vaulting is obviously completely different than her event, right? So, you know, completely different exercises you're doing preparation, all that stuff. So obviously in this, in, you know, whatever you kind of can talk about what in this, in the summer and the fall have you done in terms of your approach? You can talk about exercise you want about, or just like your mental approach. It's just. I think that's just interesting because, again, each event has kind of a different approach, I think, based on just my limited knowledge of track. But I'd uh, love to hear what you think just from a pole vaulting perspective.
2: Yeah. So this summer, a lot of my working out was I went to, well, my pole vaulting workout, I would drive to Bolton, Ontario Pole Vault Club, which is about an hour and a half from me. And I would go there once or twice a week and vault with Doug Wood, who's the head head coach there, and a bunch of other assistants, Jason, Zeke, et cetera, like, and some of the best coaching I've ever, because we like, love Doug. He, I went to him pre-COVID, but then with the border shutting down between the United States and Canada, I couldn't go there for a minute, for a like few years. So then I started up again this summer, and I was really working on pushing my arms throughout my takeoff so I could penetrate into the pit deeper. And because I was having a lot of big issues this season, like coming up shy of the bar, like swinging up too early, I needed to like get deeper into the pit before I did that. And I was really working that out this summer. And um, also addition to that, I was just doing some bar classes, some cycling classes, so just some fitness in general, like long walks, hikes. And then coming here, we have captain's practices. So we've been going to those a little bit, like – some circuit sprinting workouts, nothing too crazy. Have lift three times a week. Um, on days I don't have that. I just go on walks or hikes around here, you know, just do some, anything to stay fit kind of going back to what Ava said. It's just, you don't want to be pushing yourself crazy at the beginning. You know, you got to ease into it. If you can't make a captain's practice because you have office hours, it's not that big of a deal. As long as you're, we're all staying fit. We're all doing stuff to work out. You know, we just have to, you know we're laying the foundation now through cadence practices and lifts, but you know things are going to start to amplify, and they're in every that's good because then we can all peak at the same time.
0: Talk about just the impact of the coaches, obviously in your first two years. I mean, I, from uh, I mean that's obviously important, right? But you kind of talked about how they, you know, again coaches are going to you're going to have different kind of an experience based on the event, right? But obviously, I think just what kind of Lessons and leadership have they instilled um, and how has that kind of impacted the way that you guys have approached your second year at Amherst?
1: Um, I've had a really positive experience with the coaches. They've taught me so much. They've helped me really um, approach my mindset differently um, within like different events that I'm doing within meets, um, which I'm forever grateful for. Um, And one big thing that I've learned is just like the magic of positivity during meets and during workouts in specifics Um, because, you know, a single poor thought, a single intrusive thought can kind of break everything down. And when it happens to one individual, it can permeate the rest of the team. And that's just how it works because track is, again, such an intensely mental sport. Um, So I've learned that they're very, very um, keen on building a positive culture Surrounding track itself. Um, and, you know, my personal mission for this year is to be able to lead by example for um, the first years coming in um, so that they know what this team is like, how they can be supported by the team, and how they can also become a part of this positive culture. Um, because I think it's really important more than ever to be able um, to try to perpetuate this sort of positive energy.
2: I second Ava completely. You know, the coaches, they they want to build and create this positive environment and they work so hard to do so. And I love that. And it's the track team is such like a p- happy, we all are so excited to go to practice and be with each other and work out together. And you know, we're all always going to bring a smile on your face and positivity, even if you're not looking forward to the workout that day, even if you're have, you leave your problems from the beginning of the day at the door and just come and enjoy track practice. And it's, you know it's going to be a great time. And also just to maybe some other things that we can like do to lead by example. We just, you know, help the, help the freshmen first year out. You know, if you see them answer their questions about the lift, if you see them doing something wrong, you know, correct them politely and show them how to do it. And, you know, show them bits and pieces of the warm-up and such. You know, just, again, leading by example so they can – ease into the culture as well and they can the cycle repeats you know that they can be guiding and leading the first year this next year when just like we did this year
0: i think that's really awesome um like like positivity is such a huge thing and i really think that's awesome but I, i think you know obviously coaching leadership is is one thing that's critical right but I think also what also happens is behind the closed doors of not just the practices, but you know, the, the leaders that you guys have experienced as upperclassmen and obviously from what I've heard, they're great, but I just kind of want to hear from your perspective, kind of, again, how, to, what maybe have you have seen from them that has allowed you guys to say, I want to eventually lead by example through like that realm or like lessons you've learned from them, because every leader is different, but I think it's always cool, at least from when I was a sophomore, I always, I had great leaders ahead of me too. That kind of taught me the ropes of what the program's about. So I kind of want to get you guys perspective on just, leaders that that are upperclassmen in the track team and kind of what they've given you in terms of lessons and wisdom and all that kind of stuff sure
1: do
2: i go first oh uh, sure I, 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 I I, I, okay yeah you did last one first um so i think especially like the captains every year you know especially at the beginning they break down everything we first few weeks is a very sm- gradual climb you know the first few weeks the captain's They do the warm. We do the warm up very slowly. They explain the very specifics, and they do it with such kindness. They really like that you can tell it's just out of positivity, and they're not. They don't bark commands at you at all. Like they're so kind with telling you what they're to do, and they're great at correcting. And they really they just follow the leaders above, kind of like what we're doing. And this year, it's just the approach has kind of been like. I would say, you know, the captains like Jack, Trent, and Casey, and uh, Annalise, and tons more. You know, they just they set up everything early on at Kevin's the practice. They explain each step of the warm up. They explain the workouts. You know, they're just and they're so carefree and positive while doing so and relaxed at the same time. Because it's the beginning, you don't need to be. Everything's like kind of carefree. You don't need to be too you you're serious you're working hard but it's like just carefree practice and like it's very you know I hope one day when I'm like an upperclass upperclassman I can be the same way just like positive and friendly and great with and correcting but in a nice way and encouraging and complimenting when you're doing something right I mean that's what they are all the captains all the upperclassmen are very good at doing and I hope to do that one day
1: absolutely um I think something big that I've learned from my mentors um, on the team is that you don't always have to be so serious. Um, I came from a high school track program that was extremely serious and you had to be locked in all the time. And that was great. And I'm very grateful for that experience because it brought me here and I wouldn't have had it any other way. Um, But you don't always have to be so serious all the time. Track practice is a break from the stress of the rest of our lives. We are We are very serious academic students at Amherst College. We're under a lot of stress here. We have a lot of work and we have a lot of commitments. And to be able to go to practice and let all of that go is very, very therapeutic. And I think we need to embrace that. And that's something that I learned a lot. Um, And it's great when you're out of your when you are in your rep, you're locked in. When you're running, you're locked in. And that is your time to really work and push yourself When you're out of that, let's say you're on your rest time or let's say you're warming up, whenever that is, you can be silly and you can just let that go. And I think to have that balance and that understanding of when there's a time to be serious and when there's a time to be a little silly allows for a really good balance, um, not only like physically, but mentally.
0: Final thing I want to talk about. So you guys talked about the rigorous academics. I mean, obviously I can test that too. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone I think at Amherst can attest to that. Um, but tell me, so I know that you're kind of on the pre-med track. I know you're an economics and Spanish major. Talk about kind of why you guys decided that path and what you kind of want from that experience.
2: So coming to Amherst, I was pretty set on wanting to be pre-med on the pre-med track. You know, in high school, I took a lot of lovely AP science classes. I volunteered in the ICU in pre-COVID. And so I was pretty set on wanting to be pre-med. I wasn't sure of the major, though. So I came here. I, you know, I've been taking all the science, the chem, the biology, the physics, the math, all the requirements. And then last semester, my freshman spring, I took intro to psychology and I really enjoyed the, like we wrote a research paper at the end of it. I really enjoyed doing like the research side of that. And it kind of trickled over in the summer. I did some research at my university of Buffalo medical school. So like I got to apply what I learned in class into the real world more research was I really liked. And, you know, I just like the writing and very interesting, you know, be able to figure out people and all these other things. Yeah, I just really liked psychology. So I thought I'd major in that. And it's a little different from all the sciences that I'll be taking, but it still comes together and correlates a bit. So yeah.
1: Um, my journey to figuring out my majors was a little bit more complicated. (laughs) Um, I, on the other hand, had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do when I came in here. And it was a little daunting because I met so many people that did. Um, and so I had no idea what I was going to do. I originally thought I was going to be an English major, um, because I was really into the humanities. Um, I was a person who proclaimed that I hated anything, um, mathematically or STEM related. Um. And that was just what I had decided about myself, and I pigeonholed myself a little bit in high school. Um, And so I took a random mixture of courses my uh, freshman fall, and my mom made me take Intro to Economics. Um, She just told me, you can take whatever else you want, but you have to take this class because it's practical, and if you hate it, you never have to take it again, but just see what happens. And I fell in love with it. Um, I was the person who refused to take any sorts of like economics classes in high school, um, just because I just had these convictions that I was going to be so terrible at it. And I was scared it was going to ruin my GPA. Um, and I just fell in love with those classes and decided, you know, I'm going to see where this takes me. Um, on the other hand, with Spanish, I've always loved Spanish. I've always loved languages. And for a lot of people, you either love it or you hate it. And I'm just the person who has really, really enjoyed language. Um, and With Spanish, it was probably in middle school that I told myself I was going to major in Spanish in college. Like, I had come up with that very, very early on. Um... And so I just started taking Spanish courses again freshman fall and I kept going with it and I realized how much I really loved it, especially once we started to get to more of the cultural and analytical side because it did combine my love for humanities, also for my love with language. Um, So being an economics and Spanish major has been such an amazing experience because I'm able to take a quantitative side um, and critical thinking side um, of the liberal arts education, but also um, to focus on writing and language and stuff like that. So it combines really everything I love.
0: I want to thank you guys so much uh, for coming on, having a, a nice discussion. Just you know, obviously, you have your season starting October 30th, if I believe, as um, you think your first practice. So, you know, uh, thank you to Coach Ruben for um, allowing this as well. And um, you know, I wish best of luck to the entire program. You guys, um, more specifically as well. So, thank you guys so much, and uh, good luck this season. Thank,
2: thank you. you.